Well, we are back, starting stalls, and it's episode, I don't even know how, already, but number seven. Number seven. Seven. <laughs> seven. 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 Exactly. Um, Daryl, blimey, four, what an entrance that was. I mean, you you sound like you're in great form. Oh, I'm enjoying myself, Meg. I'm enjoying myself. We've got some great racing coming up this weekend, had some great racing last weekend. Things are starting to come together now. Good few winners last week. Hit the napping on Saturday. A little bit unlucky yesterday at Windsor. Two beaten into second. Oh, I saw um, your Twitter about that. Yeah. yeah Grab the rail, the Marco Gianni. Grab the rail. There's a bias at Windsor. Come on, man. But yeah. I actually didn't really watch any of Windsor, I must admit. But I saw your tweets and they made me laugh. <laughs> uh. Yeah. But yeah, all, all in good form. How are you? Are you well? Yeah, I'm, I'm very well. Um, I'm delighted that we managed to, you know, be pretty bullish about our super sprint winner relief rally who we both have liked mm. sort of throughout um throughout the season really so the fact that she came in she's short odds but in such impressive style um yeah i thought that was sort of a, a highlight for the weekend and uh, a good one for our pod anyway yeah definitely she um she was pretty impressive wasn't she I, like like I, I must admit i do think that she had a little bit of a like track bias on that stand side but mm. i but she she won with so much authority. It was, it was really impressive. Like she's only getting better. She looks rapid. She's a very very strong finisher over that five furlongs. And uh, I tell you, it's going to take a decent one to beat her, uh, a, a two year old to beat her this season over that trip. Yeah, no, she is. She's a she's a smart filly. And like you say, I agree. I was looking for those sort of high draws throughout the card at Newbury, really, especially on that straight track. Um, but it turned out that a lot of the pace. Uh, was actually drawn low. Dappling went off um, at, at a pretty good gallop on uh, the sort of far side. But Tom Marquand was well aware and he got the revs up on Relief Rally fairly early, knowing that she had the strong stamina for five. Um, and ultimately, she ended up winning very well. Yeah, very well. Dappling, Dappling's a horse going the right way. For yeah, Richard Allen, sure. definitely. That, that, that's that's a really nice horse. I'd love to talk to you about how the hell the third finished third, um, and how the fourth finished fourth. But the camera angles were so bloody dodgy. I, I, <laughs> I, I can't. I can't even like review the race correctly. That, that it race... must be quite tricky when you've got a wide track and you've got twenty four. I think it was in the end runners or something. I mean, that yeah. But like they, they've they've zoomed in on the far side group, but but look, look, I understand that you've got to like cover each one is, but like not when the race is like developing inside that three <laughs> inside the final two furlongs. Like they 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 focused on the far side group, and then they like for for a furlong it felt like, and then came over to the near side group, and then before you know it, we're inside the half furlong pole, and then we get the wide shot, and it's like jesus christ like i need to know how these bloody horses have got to where they've got to in the, at this point like it's no good to me now i've just been watching relief rally come down the stands rail for the last furlong yeah like, oh, i love it no i know i do know what you mean um and in the super sprint because the nature of the race it means that they're all fairly bunched up but within whichever side of the, yeah. the track they are so it can be hard and all the colors you're trying to work out. is that my one with the blue cap or is mine with the white hat you know it's a it is goes so quickly it's all but impossible but um no i was delighted relief rally smart sounds as if she could well go for the louser now so up to six furlongs which i am personally looking forward to seeing yeah, me too. especially on better ground um mm. and then we could actually see her drop back to the five in the abbey which 
I actually think would suit in the respect that they go very fast, testing ground normally as well. Yeah. Um, and obviously, think she'll be right on testing ground. Well, I think so. It was testing enough at Newbury by the end of the meeting, and she won on very testing at Windsor first time out. Mm. Um, so I don't I think she's versatile. I don't think it bothers her. Um, and so it makes it again a bit more of a stamina test over the sharp, you know, the sharper distance. And I think that's what's important for her. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Cracking race, cracking cracking winner. Um, I think it'll work out quite nicely as well, that race. So, and yeah, we had some good price um, places as well, and uh, we were offering a, a, a good amount of places. I think, was it up to six or something? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, like, it It was one of them races that there was a lot of horses that finished in the places that were, that were big prices that probably shouldn't have been that big a price. Um, and easy to say after. Yeah, yeah, it is easy to say after, but I think that just goes to show how much the, the market was in favour of relief rally yeah um, so how much of a strong favorite she was so from a, from a win perspective i suppose the, the traders were happy to push those other horses out to bigger prices um but yeah cracking race cracking winner looking forward to seeing what she does for the rest of the season yeah indeed um and to be honest newbury is a, a good subject for me because a few of my eye, eye catchers all ran at newbury over the friday and the saturday so i'm gonna start um i'll throw a couple at you and see what you thought as well. But Friday, the 150, it was a Phillies novice. Rakia, she finished fourth. Owen Burroughs trained uh, Shadwell, Philly. Jim Crowley was on board. She was in right in the middle, nearly middle to rear of a quite a tight bunch uh, and ended up having to switch a couple of times, came over towards the standside rail. But Jim looked after her and it was just a nice education, but I thought she was quite an eye catcher for going forward. Yeah, I think um I think she was. To be honest, I thought it was a it was it was an average enough race, but she was definitely the one to take out of the race. She's actually a half sister to Ribby from do you remember Ribby from last year? Um ran in the same same colours, um, was looked a little bit tripless between six and seven furlongs. He won second time out actually at Salisbury. Um, so I suspect this one to go and win second time out, find a nice, nice opportunity. But um, I'm not entirely sure whether you'd want to see this horse over six or seven at the moment. I could, I could, I could imagine a strong pace over six for now. Mm. Be fine. I think she'll sharpen for that though. I think she'll yeah. show more speed next time. She jumped well and then was taken back. So maybe Jim thought potentially she was going to run a bit keen. Turned yeah. out she's maybe a little bit green. So next time she should be sharper. Maybe she'll be that bit more prominent. But I thought for me she was one for for the notebook. Um, Do you think she's more of a short term prospect for you if you was to follow her or a longer term prospect? Um, I've kind of put her down as like next time rather yeah. than long. And then obviously, depending on what she did next time, you could look at her maybe with a, a bigger picture. I'm not turning around saying, oh, Cheeky Park, here we come. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm just sort of saying next time, I think she's she wants, she's one that you want to have on side. Um, so, yeah, there's nothing like a, a bit of ex- over-exaggeration, is there? Well, you know, yeah, I was just trying to make, you know, put it sort of into context, really. Um, most of yours are sort of from the other side of the sea. So why don't we finish? A couple of my ones, and then we'll move on to the bunch of yours. Another from Newbury Friday was Cogit Cogitate. 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 Is that what you say? Should we go with um, that? Who was a very impressive winner by Churchill. Charlie Hills trained. Holly Doyle was on board. Absolutely bolted up. Now again, how much strength and depth? Not too sure. But it was first time out. It was more the fashion in which he did it. It was impressive. Mm. Yeah, I like this one. Um, this is one of yours I did like. Um, this, uh, this, <laughs> this race. This race was one. 
<laughs> this race normally works out quite well. Uh, like Chaldine won this race, Bayside Boy reached for the moon and come out of this race in previous years. So it's, it tends to be one of those races at Newbury that that you, you can find decent horses in, and, and this looks class above. I think eight, the Acom at York, they're talking about the next port call for this one. So, yeah, nice. very interesting, very interesting. They also think a bit of him. They're going to go to the Acom at York. Yeah. No, definitely, and you would do on the back of that performance. And uh, no, it was it was good, and it was on the Friday. It was before the rain. The ground was was pretty nice. You know, I think the jocks were saying it was just on the quicker side of good, but beautiful sort of summer ground. And um, I, you know, Churchill it, seemed to get better yeah. with with, a, uh, with age and time, so he could be one to keep more in the books for a longer term as well. Yeah. Um, on to Saturday, my two from Saturday were Phantom Flight, who was second um, behind Al Arsi. And the reason I chose this horse, despite getting beaten, was he was very impressive as a handicapper last year and progressive. He mm. had a bit of trouble with the stalls and and lost his way a little bit, if you like, and maybe lost his confidence a bit. But this was a real bounce back to form. I thought it was arguably a career best. And yeah, I, I just think he's a horse to keep an eye on going forward. I don't know where he's going to go next, but that was a much better performance. And James Horton has had a sort of horrid time of things. And I think more than anything, he deserves for a, a nice a, one of the nice horses to come in and one of the nice races. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this horse is, uh, it, it, they'll have to place him well. Um, with this, I think it would be all about the placing. He's definitely a horse that's sort of shaping like he, like he wants a mile and a half. Last the time before at Newmarket wasn't quite hitting the line hard over that mile. I've come back to 10 furlongs. Um, he had the run of the race. To be honest, I thought the only horse in the race that was better than him was the one that beat him at Al yeah. And so there will be opportunities for him. He is steadily progressive. I like the fact that they were a bit more for used a bit more forceful tactics with him this time around because he's quite a strong stayer at this 10 furlong trip. And yeah, um, yeah, I'd be interested to see where he goes next. But I do think the key to him to getting him over the line is is to place him well. Yeah, yeah. I, it'll be interesting to see. Like there's not always loads of options. Mm. Um, maybe Haydock is at the Rose of Lancaster in a few weeks' time, something yeah, like that, possibly. possibly. Might actually bump into the winner again somewhere like that. But um that I just thought it was a horse to to keep an eye on. And my last one um was a winner, sweet William, who again You're not having this. I'm not what? letting you have this because this went on, but this was my eye catcher from a couple of weeks ago. What? So, Did you even mention him? Absolutely. He's on the list, Megan. He's on the list. He was the nap on Saturday. Megan. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. uh -huh. okay. I am not letting you have him. This is mine. And but now he's mine as well. Right. All right. We're, we're sharing then. Fine. Right. I know I'll let you have him. But okay. <laughs> I'll let you have him for like a long term eye catcher. I'm just going to say he was an eye catcher from the weekend. Then we're even, right? <laughs> okay. Do you know how much he went up in the weights and that for a little hand cover? Oh, I didn't check today. Did you? Yeah. Oh, how much? Go on. 11. Go on. What do you, you reckon? Uh, I've just said 11. That was off yeah, the top I of thought 11 or 12. He went up seven. Oh, quid's it? 95. Yeah, yeah that's nice. Well, that's solid. Look, yeah, look, 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 that's a great, great, um, great number saying... for, for a betting perspective, but he's not going to get in the e-ball for that. Like, you're not going to no, get in the e-ball. No, but is he? I'm not sure. He's I'm not sure. Ball. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not sure, sure that's, that's where they wanted to go with him anyway, to be honest. I see a lot of talk after the race um, from like, 
you know, all the, the big platforms saying he's now the favourite for, for the Ebor, etc. But he wouldn't again, even get in, I don't he, think. He, yeah, he would have needed like 13 or 12 or 13 to get in. Um, yeah. And unless they go and run him quickly again to try and, you know, but that that's that he's not going to get in there. But I'll tell you what, he up seven for that. Like he's got such a big engine, he is a monkey. Yeah, he is. He's got it, like he's far better than 95. Are we saying more like Cesarich? Does he stay an extreme trip? I mean, he saw that trip out well, totally different track, don't get me wrong. But the way he keeps so much to himself, I kind of half think, hmm, maybe another couple of furlongs wouldn't be such a problem because I just think that it's so hard to like actually work out how much is left because he's. Yeah. And honestly, like pulling up, he just makes me laugh. He's just like, oh, right, I'm done now. Yeah, turn around, let's go home. Like, he's just like, I don't know. He's like one of the, you know, if like you see someone out running and they're just like cruising along, <laughs> not blowing at all. He's like that. And then there's like someone like me outside that's like, that's literally sweet William. He just like cruises around past everyone, not a problem. You know, he doesn't even break sweat, easy. I don't know. He's just, it was good, yeah. wasn't it? It, it, like, it was good. good. It was really good to watch. Yeah. Like, I think I think all of his family, all of his siblings have become pattern performers. So, like, there's only one way yeah. he's going. And but still off his mark, would you not say you'd run him in another handicap? I don't know. I would. I would. If it was me, you know me. I oh, would. Yeah, Use the handicap race, mark yeah, up until planner. it's... Come yeah. on, race planner. Where are you sending him next? That's actually, you know, that's what I should be asking. Uh, I don't know. Um, there's something through him at York. York there is a two mile handicap at York, but I'm thinking is it a is it open or is it 105? Maybe that could be mm. it could be a two mile not 105 or something like that. So yeah, we'll I'll have to get my race planner's diary out and uh, okay, start. I can't believe you haven't put it in front of you. I'll I you thought you've had one highlighted out. Yeah, I'll let you know next week. Okay, fine. Keep the cards yeah, so you, we'll give you, we'll give you. Oh my god, does that make mean that we're level on ICAP? No, relief rally was both of us, we both won for that. So maybe I'm about three two. Right, let's let me run through this. So you had Thunder Blue who won next time out. You had Westover that won next time out. El Cabello has not run. Inquisitively has not run. Relief wa- ra- Rally won next Wally. time out. <laughs> Wally run next one next time out. So you have three. Um, I have had Dollar Liberation who's lost twice. Yeah, Cowlef who's not run. Elite Status that lost at Ascot. And Besto bumped into Nostrum. Sulwa who is uh, I got that completely wrong. Promoter who's not run yet, he's due to run Saturday. Semster who's lost and runs today, might lose again today. Cooperation's not run. Alice has lost. Relief Rally's won. Hey. Land, Legend, Land Legends lost. And Sweet Williams won. Yeah, 3 2. Okay, fine. Oh, there you go. And I've just added a couple in there that are going to win. So that's fine. Yeah. Um, so you're going to obviously need to have a couple of ammunition to try and lay up with me. Um, a couple of yours are from, like I say, overseas we'll start with at the Clara Al-Bashir yeah that's my only one this week oh I thought your other I thought okay fine yeah others are talking topics rather than you've got one eye catcher from the week yeah I'm winning here but I have I have planned a race for this horse and that is that is the stewards connections stewards cut no, I'm going to get on that later today <laughs> and send Archie Watson because I've even picked out a jockey for him as well. Oh, yeah. So I've done Who's like I've done the whole shebang here for Archie. Right. right Al Bashir, obviously, previously a pretty smart horse. Um, um, he's not had too much racing. Uh, we all know about this horse. Anyway. I don't need to go back into his entire prehistory. But at the current the weekend, he was running off a mark of 97. Colin King must have just had 
a moment because he, he made some terrible decisions during the race, right? So he's broke, he's broke fairly slowly. They've gone very hard in the scurry handicap, right? They've gone really hard up front. He sat well off the pace. I thought this is going to fall in his lap, right? He's going to cruise through, take his time. But he didn't. He rushed him up. Um, a, a silly part of the race before the race started to sort of develop. He rushed him up. Then he switched him out wide to the worst part of the track. Every the favorite part of the track at the car was down that far side rail. He switched him. He's ended up, I think, about four off the rail for, for the rear of the field, to right on the other side of the track. And his, his stamina's just ebbed out over six and a half furlongs there. The handicap has dropped him down a pound, which that doesn't really make any sort of difference. But I just think that Goodwood under Jamie Spencer would see this horse to excellent effect. He is well handicapped with 96. If you haven't seen the race, go back and have a quick look at it and just, just watch the move that he makes from the rear of the field to, to get to the front of the, of the pack T to be able to do that mid race when they're going at that sort of speed, he must be ahead of the handicapper for me. So he's already entered in the stewards cup. I thought him running on Saturday might have put him out of the, out of the like sort of contention for the Stewards Cup, but I suspect that they'll feel a little bit hard done by there. And uh, I'm hoping they'll go to the Stewards Cup. So Al Bashir is the one for this week. Okay, so he's your only eye catcher, but you wanted to couple uh, to couple to touch on a couple mm. of other performances. Um another English reader who went over and was successful this time in Ireland, as he always is, is Art Power, who well, Art Power at the Cora, Bish Bash Bosh. <laughs> I don't know what that was all about. <laughs> yeah, I've seen um, I've seen a lot of people talking about this horse, right? Saying how like he's a different animal over in the Curra, and and it, it look it does look that way visually, right? But I've seen people saying, oh, it's because he loves getting on a boat and he loves doing it. And I'm thinking, fair enough. I'm thinking, what a load of old shit. <laughs> I mean, I wish people... Goes for a little paddle, warms up. Yeah, I, look, I, I wish people, like, especially those, you know, that are supposed to be at the top of the game, would deal with it, like, facts, rather than just saying, oh, yeah, he loves travelling, or he loves... You don't know if this horse loves travelling, right? You ain't got a clue. Just because he, he's won going over to Ireland, like, you don't know if he loves travelling. Like, you're just making it up, right? So I thought I'd do a little bit of digging on this um, horse and just lay out some facts, right? In the five starts that he's run in Ireland, right, the average rating of the field that he's faced has been 102.2, right? Yeah. Now, if you compare that to his last five run or last four runs in Britain, his average field rating that he's run against is 115 in the July Cup, 113 in the Jubilee, 112.2 in the Clipper, 109 in the Champion Sprint, and, and 110 in the Sprint Cup. And I can go back further than that. But the point being is, is that when he's raced over there, he's pretty much ten pounds clear of his av of the average rating in that field. So I just wonder: is the opposition a lot less for him, a lot less taxing for him than it is running against some of the proper top sprinters in England? One hundred percent. So 100%. the Irish sprints are nowhere near as competitive no. as the ones over here. And I don't um, like this 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 notion that people just get and just say, oh, it's just because he oh he loves traveling. So whenever he travels away from, he obviously, you just, he, he obviously handles it well. I don't, you know, I don't yeah, even deny that. Because some horses don't handle it at all. So obviously, it doesn't bother him. But I don't think it's because he's being on a little boat trip. I mean, if that's exactly. what they thought, they'd you know take him for a sail around Redcar Beach and then bring him back to run at York, like. <laughs> You know, he's not I, on a jolly boys outing. 
so this is the thing like obviously i understand he takes the travel well he obviously handles everything yeah, he's he's a laid-back character. All of that is positive. But it goes without saying that the, the sprint division in Ireland is not anywhere near as strong as the sprint division in England. And we've been saying that our sprint division is well below our best at the moment. Okay, yeah. let's forgive that in the respect of Shaquille is exceptional. Um, but as a group, the sprinters aren't as strong as what we've seen in previous years. And yet the Irish sprinters are another sort of group below that so yeah i totally agree i think that the, the our power ultimately i think timmy spee and connections from king power racing have seen an opportunity taken it with both hands and have deservedly got results from it yeah and the reason this is very important to mention is because if people are listening to this and he ends up going for the flying five at the cura right and then you end up getting a, a crop of decent british horses that go over there um and and then that, that sort of like average rating in that field comes up a good, a good a good whack. Then I think he's going to be underpriced, like because that's how these things normally work. Now every time, okay. But goes, who do we think he's going to have to that will take him off? Well, that that's 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 it. You have to sort of assess that when it comes to it. But the one thing that will be a fact is that Art Power will be a short price the next time he goes to the Curra, whether yeah. it's in, you know. So I think it's things that need to be considered. The fact that we've just mentioned that he is taking a lesser opposition over there than he is over here. Yeah. People just get on the fact that he loves to travel. And I'm going to back him every time he travels. Nonsense. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah, I get I get that. But, um, you know, he's uh, well. He's still a lovely horse. Yeah. Yeah. He's a well, well placed horse who has excelled himself over in Ireland. And ultimately, he's like given connections. Even more than what he probably should. Like, I don't want to like sort of turn this the wrong way around. But so often we've discussed previously in the jump season when you have a horse that looks like it's overperformed because it's been well placed and mm. might not actually be at the top level, but has been placed so well that they've won at the very top level. And Art Power is kind of similar. I know he's not a group a group one winner, um, but he's you know he's. Excelled himself probably above and beyond what he should because he's been well placed. Yeah, because his last victory in Britain was the Hollywood handicap he won. Yeah. Ninety-seven. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Like, they've done tremendously well with him. Like like plaudits to connections. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of punters if they're listening to this to just perhaps take the fact that he has won five times in Ireland with just with a pinch of salt because the level of opposition, as you've mentioned, is not as near to Britain. Um, one who again was uh, a good winner in a totally different type of style and, and fashion was Save the Last Dance and I must admit about two out I sort of stopped watching her because I thought <laughs> you know well to be honest four out she was basically off the bridle and under pressure Ryan Moore take a bow um, this was a very strong exceptional ride we wouldn't expect anything less but Stamina, I think that is the main thing with this filly. What do you reckon? Yeah, she looks like a sort of a ledger type, doesn't she? Now, yeah. um, she's uh, yeah, she looked like she had nowhere to go, really. Uh, she looked like she was just going to fall in a hole. And Blue Stocking, I don't think Blue Stocking was stopping at the finish. I think if you watch, wasn't, it, I agree. Yeah, if you watch it, um, if you watch the last like half furlong, she's changed her legs and she was sort of kicking on again. I thought Blue Stocking, so save the last dance, she's. 
she's picked her up and she's picked her up comfortably. I think Blue Stocking, for all she's a, a nice progressive horse and well-deserved sort of to turn that form around, I thought, with Warm Heart, who wasn't really even put into the race. But I thought Save the Last Dance was comfortably the best horse in the race. Save the Last Dance touched the maximum of 1,000 to 1 in running the Betfair Exchange. I'm not surprised, though, at mm. all. I mean, she looked totally beat. And turning in, you know, Ryan is not just rowing away. He's really asking for a maximum effort. And she's yeah. trying, but not going very quickly. And ultimately, she's just a galloper. She mm. lengthens her stride. She doesn't necessarily quicken. And I don't. I think it's fair to say we saw sort of similar at, at Epsom. I don't think she totally loved the track and the ground in the Oaks, at, at yes. the, the English Oaks. Um, she changed her leads quite a few times and just got a bit unbalanced. But ultimately, when she hit rising ground, she sort of plugged yeah. on again and lengthened again and managed to then get back up to finish second. She, she just went quick enough there, was she? Yeah, she just yeah. was beaten by horse with more gears. Whereas in Ireland, when the rain finally came, that helped her. But all she does is grind it out. She mm-hmm. literally just grinds and grinds and grinds because she doesn't really quicken. Mental that she won round Chester, really, isn't she? All the, and well, it is. I mean, the, the conditions that day were essential. Yeah, and albeit the field, the, the field in behind her was was next fell to, apart. Yeah, it was next to nothing. Yeah, really. but, yeah she's nice. Um, she's a nice horse, I think. Gold Cup next year. Yeah, well, she's that type of horse, though, isn't she? She is yeah. that type of horse. I, do you know what? I think if it got really, really testing at Longchamp, I think they'd be tempted to to, to run her in the in the arc. Um, if it got really testing, um, and it it can do over there, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I think she's that type of horse where we're going to see her over these extreme distances. Yeah, I agree. I mean, actually, it's so you know when connections of Blue Stocking would have been sat watching, and they'd have thought, brilliant, everything's gone right. She's quickened up at the right place. She's hit the front at the right point. The perfect sort of ride and performance for the car, for the conditions, everything. And then next thing, one's closed her down. And you just, like, I've watched it over and over. And I was like, how she got beat? She's done yeah. absolutely nothing wrong. And like you say, she ran through the line. She didn't even, like, look as if she was tiring. I, I, it's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, it, it, it I, I just, actually feel for those connections. Yeah, it wasn't just you that thought that because she traded at 1.1. Yeah, I'm not surprised. She's beaten. She's like, yeah, everyone's thought the same thing. So, you know, I would uh, say that this was a a very good performance from Save the Last Mm -hmm. Dance. Because I don't think she... A lot of people have said that, oh, she wasn't at a a Chester best. And I I kind of hate that because Chester's a track that's never going to suit her if she's running against this calibre of opposition. Yeah. You know, um, so I thought this was probably the best performance we've seen for her. She dug deep here. She's, yeah. she's hit the line. She looked like she had plenty left in the tank. And also, like you say, the, the company she was in at Chester probably wasn't to the same level. So exactly. that Chester looked visually more impressive, but actually, like, oh, if she I would say that, this, Chester would yeah. have been disappointed. Yeah. Um, okay, so on from one very good ride to another, um, <laughs> the coolest cucumber on the planet, Harry Cobden who I was sort of like, whoa, we don't want to talk about the jumps. It's the middle of the summer. But it was uh, summer hurdle and summer plate meeting at Market Raisin. And Harry was once again, as usual, horizontal, so laid back. And the ride was all of those things put together. Yeah, he managed to win on Born Famous, who like came from nowhere. Literally nowhere. It was like... 
like this 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 guy is just like I, I love I, I love this guy as a rider, right? I just he just never quits. Like he doesn't even know how to spell the word quit. He just never quits. I get the feeling that he thought that they had probably gone off quite hard. And he was just happy just to like allow the horse uh her He's time. Just chilling. Just chilling and yeah, and just like getting into a rhythm and Jesus, didn't didn't this horse pick up? Um just like like you forget that he's only 25 Harry Cobden in November, isn't he? Because yeah, um, and, and like, like some of the stuff that he, he's achieved and, he, and he's doing is like it's like he's been around forever. He's three to one to win the jockey, the National Hunt Jockey Championship, right? He's Dad actually texted me after he won that race and said, Good job, I didn't run hell red, he'll be champion jockey. <laughs> Okay, one, yeah, good job you didn't run hell red because at least he's won the race. And two, that's quite a statement because I know obviously his main ammo comes from dad. Exactly. And we haven't got going. But like Sean is a long way in front. Yeah, he is a long way in front. What's Sean got 60 and Harry's got 25, I think, something like that. Yeah, that is a big gap. It is, but the ammunition that Harry's going to have with your dad, and I'm not just talking about the big race, I'm talking about the small when your dad likes to target Newton Abbott, for example, and, and these But don't you think things. that that's such a big gap to be able to... Like, Sean's got to basically, like, God forbid, he was injured and had time out. Or, like, Sean's got to think, I'm just going to go on a holiday for a month because I can. Or, like, he's got to literally... Like, there's no way that he's not going to ride winners. So the only way he's not going to ride winners is if he's basically not riding in order for Harry to close that gap, surely. I mean, that's a huge amount of winners for Harry to close and go past. Yeah, your dad's got a lot of ammunition though, and he does know, dominate. Know, he know, absolute, your dad is absolutely dominant. Like it is very, like from a punning perspective, it, like every race you look at midweek, if your dad's got a runner in there, it's first or second favorite. Like Harry's gonna have so it's many chances really, every day of the week, <laughs> but he's gonna have so many opportunities. I think he'll, I think he'll push him very close. I do. I think he'll push him very close. Yeah, I was it stay away fee was about the only horse that managed to win off a big price. Everything else is always bloody favourite. Think, That's a nice horse. No one would know about this one. Ah, six to four favourite. Why not? <laughs> Good placing. Good, Good placing, though. Good oh, placing. Yeah, no, absolutely. It will, look, it's going to be a fascinating sort of battle for the, the Jump Jockeys Championship, I think. Um, and I, it, it might be that if if he is a couple short, then dad's going to have to pull his finger out and, and bring a few more in for the summer and, you know, have have a few more running at Perth and Carmel and <laughs> just to help. Um, but, yeah, it, look, it's both two young, very talented riders who I don't think this is the last time we'll be talking about either of them in regards to being champion jockey, which is exciting because no disrespect to Brian Hughes whatsoever, but obviously Brian is... A senior rider, yeah, who has got a you know fewer years in the saddle compared to Harry and Sean. Now Brian's obviously a, a champion jockey a couple of times, and he's a, a a very very talented rider himself. But the fact that we've got two young jockeys in their early twenties, you know, ten years, however many fifteen years left of them potentially being right at the top, it's exciting. Yeah, um, absolutely. So it's nice that we've got that real talent coming through especially after, you know there was plenty of talk of sort of being like well we haven't got the same caliber of riders as we had years ago and i understand that and times change and riding 
and the look and everything becomes different. But I'd say that Harry and Sean would be potentially pretty, pretty exceptional. Yeah, I would agree. I think you've got to give them time as well. And um, time, time creates sort of those legendary riders, doesn't it? So time, you know, it's on these boys' side. If they're listening, so. I just want to make sure we're not saying that either of you are legends just yet. But not yet. What Daryl's saying is potential. <laughs> Both of them walking out being like legend status. Yes. Should we, should we talk about? Should we talk about a rider that's not a legend? Um, go on then. Who is it now? Iqbal Khan, who rode um, Lucky Queen at Kilani last Wednesday, and and mm-hmm. and struck the horse thirteen times according to the Racing Post. Um, mm-hmm. He's a friend of the owner of the horse, Lucky Queen. He has got, it was, he was having his first ride in Ireland. He has got previous riding experience. He's ridden 17 winners in uh, Pakistan. Um, but this was, this was, this was disgraceful, really. Like this was, this was very hard watch. He stopped pushing down Lucky Queen's neck and he's just gone to town with this stick. <laughs> like, like it's mad. I actually went onto YouTube and I am. Um, I wanted to go and have a look and see if I could find some of his winners that he'd ridden in, in Pakistan. And and I, I typed in his name in, into um, into YouTube. And the first video had come up, I clicked on it, and it was three guys sat around stroking these roosters. Yeah, I know. I thought, Jesus Christ. Like, you could type my name in there. I'm sure something would come up. But I thought he would at least have maybe come from Pakistan, like being fairly well known over there. But um you go and watch some of the racing. There's a, there's a huge... I actually wondered where you were taking me with the story about stroking roosters, but anyway, that's just no. <laughs> that <one's fun>. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's not for on air. Um, <laughs> no, I actually ended up watching 1992 Indian Derby, and I watched them um, some Pakistan racing. There's a Pakistan YouTube channel. 1992. That's how they ride. Like that's how they ride. They just they just swing that stick continuously. Like it's madness. Mm. It's absolute madness. Barbaric. Um, but yeah, this uh, obviously caused a media storm, didn't it, last week? Did you uh, did you see it? Yes, it did cause a media storm, and kind of rightly so. Um, not pretty. Um, not really acceptable. Well, not not really not acceptable. Um, and yeah, just a bit sort of baffling as to how you know. I mean, he didn't just transfer his license from 1992 in Pakistan over to Ireland and just suddenly be able to write him. had to pass. I'm not, I'm not saying he rode in that 1992 right. derby. He's, yeah, no disrespect. He's like 50 something. So he might well have <laughs> run in. Well, he was obviously riding in 1992. So like, well, I don't quite know. I don't know why that's funny. Oh. He's not a teenager. He's an apprentice, but he's an old, man that you could have easily been riding in 1992 that's not me being mean yeah but i was watching the indian derby not the pakistani derby oh okay sorry same (laughs) difference but it's not but you know what i mean as in like it's i was more talking about the year not the country sorry but um my point my point being is he'll have had to have tests in order to be able to get his license out now Fair enough if he was riding in a charity race, maybe, but I couldn't really understand how he was allowed a license in the first place. I don't know. But um, he clearly didn't understand during the training and tests that you're only allowed a certain amount of strikes. Now, in Ireland, I believe it's eight. I could be wrong, but I believe it's eight. And 13 is therefore... Ridiculous. Uh, 
and in quite short space of time also. Um, and he got a 10-day ban. Well, I'm just going to put this into perspective in and also in comparison to the new rules that we have here in the UK. So he got 10 days for hitting a horse 13 times, right? Over here, and it's easy for me to use this as an example. I'm just sorry to Kevin, but I'm going to use him as an example. He rode at Newbury two weeks ago, two and a bit weeks ago, on a horse, and he won. And he got a ban four days because he hit the horse once over. Now, our total in England is six. So he hit his horse six times. So I watched it, and I thought, well, why are you getting banned? It went to the panel. We saw the videos. And what happened was, it's at the four furlong marker, so half a mile from home. Kevin pulled his stick from his right hand into his left hand. And as he did so, he gave the horse a tap down the shoulder. Four furlongs, okay? Carried on. Came into the final two furlongs, pulled his stick through a couple of times, put his hands back down the lane, pushed it, gave it a few flicks. Six strikes, okay? Which is the limit. Fine. But the one that he hit down the shoulder, four furlongs from home, was counted as the seventh strike. Because yeah, if Prokush touches the horse's skin, that is a strike. Okay? And there's no discretion. There's no two ways about it. If you've gone over, that is it. So he got four days. So he got four-day ban for hitting one down the shoulder in comparison to a guy who has hit one 13 times in about a furlong and a half. Maybe yeah. less. Jesus. And he's got 10 days. How is that? How is that even comparable? <clears throat> I mean, it's oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ain't, this is it's not right, is it? Jesus. That is not right. My God. Do you know what I mean? Like, what? Like, that is a joke. Like, I just can't. Like, hitting one down the shoulder, four furlongs from home, you can't tell me that that is a welfare issue. Are you telling me that that caused the horse harm? Isn't isn't a tap isn't a tap down the shoulder sometimes used to correct to steer and to correct? Yeah, know, and this, in this instance, the horse hadn't reared off his line or anything, but he was just big. He, he's inexperienced, and he was a bit on and off. It was his first time running in a handicap, and he'd had a bit of a break off the track, well, so okay. he was just being a little bit behind the bridle and babyish. Yeah, and so when Kevin put his job. stick to the left hand, one, to make sure he stayed straight because he was on the outside of the pack, and also just to try and encourage him back into the bridle. Now, what Kevin's mistake was, if he had pulled his stick into the left hand and put his hand straight back on the rein and then done it, it would have been fine. But because he pulled his stick through and hadn't placed his hands back on the reins yet, he did it and then put his hands back on the rein. That's why... It's a problem. However, don't really understand. Now, what I don't agree with, and I totally understand, is that when, if a jockey's got the whip in the forehand position and strikes it down the neck and the shoulder like that, yeah, that's that's wrong. It doesn't look pretty. But the whip was in the backhand position, and it is no different if he had the reins or not, in my opinion, because he literally tapped it down the shoulder. But yet that was over the limit, and that, that was a four-day back. How can it, like, you can't even compare the two. It honestly drives me insane. And I'm not saying that because it's Kevin. And I know people will be like, Kevin. No, 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 no. you're, like you're, you're, no, right. you're right. It's right. easy for me to use him as an example. It could have been Joe Bloggs for all I care. 
that is just the example I'm able to use. But how is that even, I mean, the fact that you can't, that the stewards, because of whatever agreement came up, can't even use common sense to realise that that clearly is not a welfare issue and there's nothing been wrong. And they won't even discuss it, won't even consider it. No, your Prokush touched the horse. Your hand was not on the whip. You're banned. Simple. I, it baffles me. Like, you know, I don't like the rules as they are anyways. You know, I, I, common sense has to prevail in every walk of life. And, oh, I don't know. We'll just continue to shoot ourselves in the foot, don't we? Right? It's just, like, diabolical, the whole thing. And I know, like, Matt Chapman has been really proactive in trying to, like, highlight some of the cases which have been, like, outrageous when yeah. fans have um, sort of been handed out and stuff. And the jockeys, to an extent, have kind of like been making sure it's been highlighted but I kind of feel like they've got to a point now where they're like you know what like they feel like they're just giving up they're fighting yeah. losing battle there's not even discussion like people don't even want to talk to them they don't even want to discuss it with an open mind they're so closed off to common sense it's just like these blinkers telling them like look down a like tunnel vision and that's the only place they're allowed to look and all this common sense that floats around them can't even look at that can't even consider it do you just know when, straight down and just see number six at the end. And if you change that number, whoa. <laughs> do you know when Kev gets like four days or, or would get like four days or something? What does he do? Just sit around the house? No, he doesn't because that drives me mad. Um, <laughs> no, what does he do? It, it depends. So he is serving his ban actually right now. So he's currently on the way to Newmarket and he's riding work tomorrow morning uh, and various different things. He had a press sort of conference this morning ahead of Ascot this weekend. Um, he will go for a run or a cycle, maybe to the gym, whichever one, depending where he is. Uh, he might get a round of golfing. He likes to stay active. He just can't really sit. The only time Kev really manages to sit still if, we, if we've got a cracking series on at night time, you know, comes home, sits down, has a cup of tea, get a good series on. And um, that's about the only hour we managed to get him to actually sit and relax. So he likes to <laughs> likes to stay active and, and keep doing things. And um, yeah, it, it can be obviously frustrating when you've got that time off. But as long as you've, you know, he got stuff to do and keeps himself busy. It's interesting. Yeah. Fascinates me. Yeah, I suppose like everyone would be different. when they, We went away after Ascot for six days, I think. It's our first holiday for nearly two years. So we made use of that time. Um, and like I say, yeah, we, we went away. But this time around, it was a one day was moved. So it was a three day section. It's not really, you know, worth going anywhere. Um, Do you get frustrated about the like the loss of earnings and stuff? Does it, does it, is that, is that, is that frustrating for, obviously it's frustrating for Kev, but is it, is it, uh, is it, is, because, it, it for me, it's I find it very strange. If you worked in any other environment and for punishment, you'd you'd it's sort of being suspended for four days yeah. without pay. Like to the average person, that'd be very frustrating. Is it something that can think about the money or the anything like yeah, that? Yeah, of course, it's frustrating. You know, like it's it's four days earning absolutely nothing. Um, it is what it is. Like the four day ban, as I explained for what he got it from, is makes it even more frustrating. But I guess once it's happened, you've got to take it on the chin. And, you know, 
if if once you're you know if you're starting to go longer than four days, well, that's going to start becoming a hit. Yeah, he could have missed out. Say he averaged five rides a day. Well, five, you know, twenty rides. That's twenty riding fees before any prize money. So yeah, I mean, you're looking at a couple of grand that you're losing out on. So anyway, it's very frustrating. Um, And if you did something wrong, or you really felt like fair enough, hands in the air, like that was a mistake, whatever the ban you're going to get it and you accept it probably not so frustrating when you really feel as if it's a yeah. very unfair ban and it's ridiculous that's when it's very annoying Fascinating um, stuff mate yeah but um i sort of mentioned there quickly about kev's um press conference ahead of Asker, and that is something that we definitely need to just touch on before we close up because it is the race of the season the biggest talking point so far the king george and um I mean, with the confirmations that we've had, it's hotting up and looking like it's going to be an unbelievable renewal. Oh, Daryl, I've lost you. Very sorry. I'm back. Yeah, you pressed the button to mute. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, it's literally the best race that, I mean, I can remember for some time at, of, the, of the King George. Um, I wonder if August Roden's going to run. Um, I think, of it, my opinion, if it's on the slow side, he won't. He won't. And not over a mile and a half. I'm not sure. And you'd fancy King of Steel, I assume? Always. Always. Keeping the faith. How's he been? How's he been working out this week? Come on, give us some inside gossip. Very good. Yeah, no, he's great. Um, there's been a couple of videos and pictures from Roger Varian's Instagram and Twitter that have, have gone up, and he's in really good form. Um, the team are absolutely delighted with him. And, yeah, I mean, everything is, you know, going the right direction a few days left now is a case of wrapping them up in bubble wrap isn't it and making sure they get there in one piece but couldn't be happy with how his preparation's gone roger's absolutely over the moon with him um a bit of cut in the ground to be honest kevin thinks will help him like i'm not we're not saying he wants heavy ground that's not at all but if it was good soft soft in places kev doesn't think that'll be a problem whatsoever he's a big old um, dude isn't he he is, and although he's a fluent mover, he has got a bit of a knee action, and if it was just a bit of cut, he doesn't think that will concern him whatsoever. And in actual fact, he thinks that good to soft will probably nearly help him, and maybe there'll be further improvement. But it will also help Hookham, who I think, my opinion, is the one to beat. He's completely underrated, Hookham. I think he's a yeah. fabulous horse. Um, yeah. But £11, to give £11 weight, it's yeah. a lot. It is a bloody For lot. talented three-year-olds. Yeah, and if you go just go back through the years of this race quickly, um, like you'll see that those horses, the three-year-olds that are pretty fancied in the market, you know, they do make that weight count. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's. I mean, if you look at official ratings, eleven pounds puts the older horses totally out of it. Completely. And I know that's you can't always look at it like that, but if you, you know. That's yeah, but it, it's a factor that pumpers yeah. definitely have to consider because it, it's it's not it, it's a good chunk of weight and uh, yeah, improving three year olds. You know, who's you, who's your pick? Look, if you force my hand and I had to pick a horse now, I would I would just favour Hookham. I would okay. probably, in fact, I'd probably back Hookham if I could get four to one. He's seven to two currently on a on a Betfair Sportsbook. If I could get four to one, I would back him each way at four to one and and play it a little bit safer like that. Yeah, um, but. Uh, yeah, I definitely fancy who come out of the older horses. I don't think August Rodan will run. So I think King of Steel, I think it would be stupid to think King of Steel is not going to be in a three game. And who do you think will go off Fav? I think King of Steel will go off Fav. Okay. And um, just out of interest, 
obviously you, you, your, your pick's going to be Hookham. Do you think we're going to have a sparkling performance where, where a horse is going to go and win by a, a wide margin? Or do we think that it's going to be a proper battle for the for the sort of best in the race, really? I think there's. I think this is going to be a proper battle. I think there's going to be some hard luck stories. Okay. Um, you, you know what it's like around that Ascot. Um, I don't think you high. want to be drawn too low. And no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be in one or two. I would because no. then you're then you're rushed forward to get a position, and then if not, you're you're trapped in on that rail. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to be too wide either, having to struggle to come. You kind of want to be like four or five or six, maybe halfway. Yeah, the then you can just sort of make your decision. Probably try and sit in slot in box seat, yeah. and then and then it's just when that when you swing around that. But it's just and who's the pace? Well, it, that, I mean that depends, doesn't it? it? Depends if August Roden runs. If he does, then you're looking at like Luxembourg's going to go on. I would, I would, I would say they'd probably want to make it a stiff test. Carl driver, he won't be a million miles away. He won't be a million miles away. But to be honest, at this sort of level, you they never want to be a million miles away, do they? N- none of them really want to be too far off the pace. Um, I think PJ would happily make the running if there's no pace because power driver, one, he stays, and two, he just races too keen if you're fighting him. Like, yeah. I know he didn't make the running last time because Westman Blows ended up going on, but he went on properly and continued a, a, a good gallop, whereas I, I just think that power driver runs too keen and fights too much if he's not in that rhythm. Yeah, I, I I agree. Um, it'd be interesting to see what they do with with, uh, with Desert Crown as well. He won't be too yeah. far away. And geez, what a race! What a what a race to look forward to. But yeah, if you push me now, it'd be Hookham. Um, but okay. I want to see the makeup of the race, the draw, etc. But yeah, um, just to quickly mention, um, if you are betting on Saturday, if you uh, five pound free bet on horse racing multiples when you bet five pound on horse racing multiples on the Betfair sportsbook. So take advantage of that. Um, chuck one in there from the uh, King George. Yeah, that was um, the same as last weekend. So hopefully people got involved yeah. and we'll do so again. We've got the Moet and Shandon International Handicap at Ascot as well, which tends to be a big field. So that's always good for some bigger prices and lots of places. Um, so, yeah, everyone hopefully will be getting stuck in for what is going to be hopefully a magical weekend of racing. I, not hopefully, it will be. I know it will be. Whatever happens, I'm really hoping that we have um, a you know mega performance from whoever the winner is going to be. Um, but Listen, nervous, excited, a bit of everything. So, <laughs> yeah, best of luck to Kevin all. Fingers crossed. Uh, but what I must just remind everyone is please gamble responsibly. Get involved, um, obviously, with that offer. And make sure you keep up to date with all of Daryl's blogs. Daryl, give us a quick insight on any tips the next day or two quickly. Uh, I've got a lot lined up for Friday and Saturday. Like okay. I've got some really well handicapped horses riding up for Friday and Saturday. So just waiting for declarations. Uh, but check out the Betting right. website. Yeah, it'll be on there. Perfect. Well, thanks very much. Good luck over the weekend. We will catch up next week and review, hopefully, um, an incredible weekend of racing. And uh, yeah, hopefully not too many dramas throughout the throughout the week that can get us heated we like a bit of heat on our on our pod we like a bit of a debate um but yeah no thanks very much and good luck to everyone